0: Welcome to the See the Miracle podcast. I'm your host Brady Murray
1: and I'm your co-host Andrea Murray.
0: Our podcast will feature inspiring guests within the special abilities community.
1: Together, we will be sharing how families and communities are rising up and seeing the miracle of individuals with special abilities. That's
0: something to be proud of. That's a life you can hang your hat on.
1: Hi, welcome to the See the Miracle podcast. We're really excited to be here doing our second episode. I'm Andrea Murray. Here with my husband, Brady.
0: This is Brady. I'm going to sound a little bit different today. I've been overcoming a cold the last few days, so never mind the weird voice that you hear from me today.
1: Yep, just getting over some colds around here. So last week, we were able to introduce the podcast, and we were able to um, discuss a little bit about the reasons why we want to do this podcast and what we hope to feature on our podcast. And today, we thought it would be good to just give you more of an introduction to our introduction into the community of down syndrome and how that happened and just talk a little bit about some of the experiences that we have had with that that have ignited this desire for us to do this podcast yeah.
0: as we were preparing for this podcast andrea and i had the opportunity to reflect back over what the experiences were for us when nash was born he's 14 now and so this was uh, in july of 2007 when he was born And as we reflected on this, we realized that our experiences were very, very different in those initial hours, you know, days, even weeks and months after Nash was born as well as leading up to Nash. And so I thought it would make sense for each of us to share our experience. And as we know, ladies first. So Andrea, you want to share a little bit about
1: your experience? Absolutely. So I was just discussing this with Brady, like he said, and realized that my experience with having Nash join our family was probably a little bit different than the typical experience of having a baby that is diagnosed with Down syndrome at birth. So when when we were expecting NASH, um, I had this unique experience where I had a, a cousin who was close to me that was also expecting a baby around the same time that I was. And she, in her pregnancy, at some point, I don't remember exactly when it was, but she called me and she was really upset and worried and said, they think there might be something wrong with my baby and they want me to see a high-risk specialist. And I think it was around her 20-week ultrasound and they had seen something that they wanted to just check out further. And so she was a little worried and thinking maybe it could be Down syndrome. And I remember talking to her and thinking, you know what, if it is Down syndrome, like great, like that's okay. You know, like it will, it will all be okay. And I just had like really good peaceful feelings about, about that. And, um, she, had her baby a few months before I had mine and she had her baby and he was a healthy boy and everything was great and it was awesome. And I just never really thought twice about it. But then after Nash was born, looking back, I've been able to see how that experience kind of prepared me like mentally to be able to say, you know what, it's okay if you have a baby that has something different or not expected. Something
0: that I I remember you sharing with me afterwards was that you had a lot of, you could tell that something was different and you were worried about our son, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yes, that's true. So during my, my pregnancy with Nash, I did have a lot of feelings of like, something is different about this baby. And I didn't know what it was and I couldn't pinpoint what it was. And I would say it was more of like a, you know, just a feeling, just an intuition, I guess, that you get that there's something a little bit different. And so I had, I had definitely experienced that with Nash where I knew that there was something different, but I didn't know what it was. But yeah, I definitely felt that, had that feeling.
0: And so after Nash was born, maybe you can share just in regards to, I don't know, maybe even share leading up to it. And so oh, yeah. it's all of a sudden a baby's born and here we are, so...
1: Yeah. So, and this is something I had previously shared with Brady as well, is that when, when I was expecting Nash and pregnant with him, I also just felt this, um, like my feelings were just different and that's common when you're expecting, right? Like you have a lot of different new hormones and emotions and feel different things. But one thing I felt really strongly when I was expecting Nash was that I needed to every morning, just spend a little bit of time, just like trying to be more spiritual and pondering life and things like that. So every morning I had Brinley who was just a, a little toddler at the time. And so I would get her up and get her out of her crib and we would eat breakfast and then we'd go back down to her room and she would play with toys and I would just do like read scriptures and meditate and do things like that. So I feel like that really played into when Nash was born because I feel like, um, I was able to kind of be in a place of peace. And so when he was born, I was actually happy and excited as you are, of course, when you have a baby and saw him and was so thrilled that like he came out and he looked healthy and he was breathing and everything seemed just so good. You know, I saw this, this beautiful baby and, um, and Nash was, So while I was in labor, actually, I'll just back up a little bit. While I was in labor, they had asked me to stop pushing because they needed to clear out the baby's lungs because he had swallowed some meconium in the, in the sack. And so they wanted to clean out his lungs and clear his lungs and everything before I even pushed him all all the way out. And so we had a respiratory therapist in there and she was able to kind of, kind of clean him out just as he was being born. And so previously, Brinley, our older daughter, when she was born, she did not cry when she was born because she had some lung issues and so Nash, I was a little worried and upset when the respiratory therapist came in, but they cleaned him up and he started crying and he was born and it was just wonderful. Awesome. I was so excited, so happy. It felt so good to just hear him crying and know that like, okay, he's breathing and everything's okay. Like it's normal. And so I just, you know, had that huge like wave of relief, I guess, when he was born and they took him over and they were weighing him and cleaning him up. Um, so I was just kind of watching that and just like had just these, you know, all the the incredible emotions that you have when you have a baby of relief and excitement and just, it's just such a cool emotional experience and while I was, you know, watching what was going on, um, Brady was kind of having his own experience because he was talking with the doctors and nurses and after a minute, Brady came over to me and he leaned down by me and told me that he said, Andrea, they think that our baby has Down syndrome and (laughs) so this is the first time that I think that I've had to share the story because usually Brady shares it but... I remember like I could see Nash laying there and I just immediately had feelings of like just peace and love and I was I don't remember exactly what I said but I said something like it's okay like it's okay it's gonna be okay and it was and I still hadn't held Nash yet but as soon as they put him in my arms and I could and I held him like I absolutely knew that it was going to be fine I didn't know what down syndrome meant or what it would look like but I did know that like it was okay and it was all part of something bigger and it was just like just a necessary piece to our lives so brady do you want to talk now <laughs> will i wipe my eyes
0: Yeah, i would say that uh, my experience with uh, our son being born was actually a lot different um, than Andrea's. i would say and, and similar in many ways but but in many ways it was different it was it was very uh, stressful, actually, from the very get-go. We um, had just moved into a new home that we were actively trying to get done, and it, it took a little longer than we had planned on. And so it was right up to the day of, of Nash's due date when we finally moved in. It was our first night in that home. And I remember at that stage in my life, um, I was... About two years into uh, building a business, building an office, I work in financial advising and and we had opened an office there in our town in Logan, Utah and there was a number of individuals that we had hired and it was just a a growing office but also a very stressful time. And so adding another child into our family and, and building a new home and building a new business and all of the different stresses that are associated with that it was uh, just a stressful time and so when andrea told me or woke me up in that morning it was very early morning like two in the morning and said it was time to go to the hospital i was excited but it was also stressful i remember we had to call her grandfather to come and get us or to come to and come stay with, with Brimley and, and andrea's contractions were so strong that we had to leave our daughter our little 18 month old daughter however old she was there alone without, in her bed. without grandpa there. And that was stressful, which was really fine. She was only there five minutes alone. But when we got to the hospital, I just remember like Andrea being like in labor and in a lot of pain and me just feeling like concerned and like worried for her. Uh, Brindley was delivered C-section. And so this was the first time I had experienced labor before and, and really seeing how that, that transpires. And it was stressful. I remember as Andrea was delivering Nash, like I, I just looked very closely into the doctor's eyes and like, I could see stress on him. And I could see like, this is like, we got to hurry, you know, we got to, we got to get this done. And, and there was other things that they were saying that I could just tell, like there was, you know, some heightened focus on what was transpiring. This wasn't a normal or typical delivery. And so after Nash was born, I did feel this huge sense of relief and I was looking at him and it was just so amazing. There's my son and we're so excited and uh, I'm taking pictures and, and videos and everything else. And, uh, I remember they, they really weren't like giving me access to Nash necessarily. Like I remember there was three or four doctors or nurses or whatever it may be, like around Nash and just really like looking at him and examining him and, I remember specifically them like touching his toes and like just moving him around and like looking at him and like, just, it just seemed kind of weird how they were, they were treating my son, but I didn't think too much of it. It was just a short time after just a few minutes, maybe 10 or 15 minutes after Nash was born that the doctor pulled me and he said that he believes Nash has Down syndrome. And up to that point, it never once crossed my mind that there may be, something, you know, wrong, or I didn't have any impressions or any feelings leading up to that delivery. I didn't have any inclination at all that anything would be different or abnormal at all. And so that hit me like a ton of bricks. And that was something that, um, that was a very emotional time. Um, Andrea had shared that I went and I shared with her that what the doctor had told me and what she didn't share is I was very, very emotional. Like, had a hard time even getting the words out because I was, I was so emotional with this and it, it wasn't an emotion of like sadness. It wasn't like we had lost a child, but it also wasn't an emotion of, of excitement either. It was, there was some fear associated with it. And I remember just processing these various emotions after the initial uh, moment of of processing that and sharing that with Andrea I remember an overwhelming feeling of like, I need to learn what this means. And so this was in the beginning of having smartphones to where you could look up different things. And I remember actually Googling down syndrome right there in the delivery room and looking at all of the different things that come along with that. And, and as you can imagine, if you Google down syndrome and, and medical issues with down syndrome, you're going to get a Laundry list of things that you probably don't want to see,
1: especially in 2007, before yeah. you know, before people had access to adding their own information.
0: Yeah, no question. And, and and I looked at like life expect expectancy. I looked at the challenges that existed, and I felt just a tremendous, tremendous sense and a, and a desire and a need that I wanted to one provide for this child, and I wanted to protect this child. And I remember feeling like this strong desire inside of me that I wanted to work and I was going to work as hard as I ever have in my entire life and be able to do my very, very best in my business to try and have the financial means to be able to protect and provide for these children. And in particular Nash. And I remember specifically thinking that I never wanted anything bad to happen to him. Like I worried, like just from the initial, it's amazing. The initial feelings of like people making fun of him or kids making fun of him. And I just wanted to protect him so much. And uh, these were the first, you know, 15, 20 minutes of of Nash's life that these feelings were were very, very strong. So we've reflected on that, and we'll share a little bit more about that in a bit. But that's what my experience was. And, and probably one thing that I do want to share is Andrea's reaction when I told her was very, very comforting. She was, as she as she said, she was perfectly fine with this and this didn't change anything for her. and that uh, that has been and still continues to be a very strong comfort even up to this day.
1: Thank you. But I did want to say also about that that I feel like it's important to realize that if you have been in that situation and found yourself, you know, facing the unexpected, that we all react differently and that like it's okay to have different reactions and whatever feelings come up are totally fine and totally normal. And they're super personal, right? They're, our feelings are individualized for us, and there's reasons why we're feeling them, and so it's good and it's okay. Because I've heard a lot of people that have felt guilty because they have had, you know, maybe like they have felt the anger or they have felt resentment or they have felt guilt or just different different emotions that come up. And any emotion that you experience when you get, you know, a, a life changing moment like that it's okay to have those. And I would say like, don't ever like compare yourself to, oh, I wish I would have felt that, or I wish I would have felt that because whatever we felt in those situations is what we need to feel. Right. And there's a reason we're having those feelings and it's totally fine and it's totally acceptable. And it's good to like, just recognize those feelings and be able to work through them.
0: Yep. No question. And so there was two uh, experiences that are similar experiences that I wanted to share when, so after Uh, Nash was born. And after, you know, everything had kind of settled in and processed, I remember the nurse coming up to me right after I had found out and like, bless her heart. She meant so well. I remember like the genuine sincerity in her voice and in her eyes as she came up to me and she just grabbed my hands and, and she just said, I'm so sorry. And, and like, that was probably not the right thing to say but I know where her heart was. And so I, I don't have any, any ill will towards that, but, but she said, I'm so sorry. And the reality is, is it's, it's not something to necessarily be sorry about. And I think that and a more appropriate approach would be congratulations. Like this is a, a boy, a healthy, you know, amazing little boy. And that was actually the experience that we had with our doctor though. And, and Andrew, you want to share on that?
1: Yeah. My doctor, my OBGYN that delivered NASH, he was really amazing and awesome. He, after things had kind of settled, you know, he came in to check on us and I remember him counseling Brady and I and just saying, you know what? Like, He is a baby and so just enjoy him and treat him like a baby. And you know, like everything that you were planning on doing before, like still plan on doing those things. And so that was just a a big relief and a big comfort because he wasn't worried about the diagnosis, like he was worried about us just having this new baby and treating this baby like he was still everything we had hoped for and expected. And so that was just amazing that he did that for us because it, it just gave us permission to say, you know what, like there might be some medical challenges. There might be some things we need to be aware of, but first and foremost, like we can just love our baby for him being a baby.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep. Dr. Heiner, shout out to Dr. Heiner. He's amazing. That was awesome. So then our family started to come and you could tell that it may be a little bit awkward for them just because they weren't probably sure how they wanted or how we were going to react or how they were supposed to react, but just having them there and, and just, this celebration and the love and just having that comfort the there was pretty dang awesome. Yep, it was cool. And so there were two experiences as well, two additional experiences that I wanted to share. One was something that I, I remember very clearly. It was lunchtime now, and my dad and my sister asked if I wanted to go to lunch. And I said for sure. And I needed some fresh air, and we went outside and drove up to a restaurant. And as we were walking into the restaurant, I remember a A couple coming out that were a retired age couple and they walked out of the restaurant and right behind them was clearly their daughter who was probably in her thirties, maybe early forties and clearly had down syndrome. And that was, uh, that was the first time that it really hit me that, you know, this is, this is going to change change our entire lives. I knew that Nash was probably going to be with us and we'd be a caretaker of Nash for the rest of his life and and honestly for the rest of our lives. And again, not an emotion of negative or positive, but definitely a very real emotion inside of me as I process that. And fast forward now, 14 years, I I actually love that, that thought of that because now I got a best fishing buddy with me for the rest of my life. And we got two of them now, as as you guys will find out and as you've learned. So that was a unique experience for us, for sure. How about you, Andrea? Any experiences that first day that you recall?
1: Um, No, I I do remember, like you said, like it was a little, a little hard to tell family because when we called our family, you know, to tell them that we'd had our baby, I didn't know for sure, like how to say, oh, and he has Down syndrome because I kind of, you know, I, I didn't want it to be the focus, but I didn't want it to be like I knew I needed to tell them, you know, they needed to know that. And so that was kind of a tricky thing because obviously when you, you know, when you're in that, that moment, you don't have a lot of time to process everything and think through things. And so I remember just kind of stumbling through that and feeling like, okay, this is really awkward trying to tell everybody. And I remember one phone call in particular where I was talking to an aunt and telling her that our baby had come. And I said, He's really healthy, but he has Down syndrome, and I remember her reaction to that. She's like, "What?" She's like, "Are you are you kidding? Like, how can he be really healthy if he has Down syndrome?" And I remember I was just like, "Well, I don't I don't know, but like it was just kind of one of those things where you're not quite sure what to say or what to do." But the important thing, like Brady said, is that you know, like our family, when we told them, like I can't really specifically remember how they reacted, and I we told most of them over the phone, and it wasn't Facetime, so I. didn't see, you know, exactly how they reacted, which was probably a good thing for me actually. And, but they were all supportive and they all gave us, you know, love and they all wanted to come and see him, which was huge because, you know, it felt, it felt right that we should just celebrate this baby. Yeah.
0: Something I remember very clearly as well as I sent an email that afternoon to my office and just shared the news uh, about Nash and I had shared that he has Down syndrome. And I remember the individual emails that came back from each one of the individuals in my office and how kind they were and how sincere they were. And I remember saving those emails. I remember I created a file and put those emails in that because they were extremely comforting to me. Um, and just how supportive and how kind each member in my office was when they found out that news to personally write back and, and share their well wishes with the the great news mm-hmm. of having a child.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. And, and that is something that, you know, we've tried to be sensitive to because Brady and I have kind of gone the opposite direction. Sometimes when a baby is born with down syndrome, we are so excited and we want to congratulate them. And sometimes we kind of overdo it because, because we've made that mistake a lot because There's obviously like a lot of emotion that comes that needs to be processed. And so, um, you know, like just being there and supporting people is what I would tell people if, if people asked and said, well, how should I react when somebody tells me something like that? I'd say, you know what, just be sincere and just love them and just like support them. And you don't have to say, oh, this is horrible. You don't have to say, oh, this is awesome. This is amazing. Like you can just be there and just let them feel what they're feeling and just be there for them. I would say would be the biggest
0: thing. But also I think congratulate them on, on their child, but do so in a way that is very, kind, respectful, and just, just understanding the moment that those are very raw and very tender emotions that they're experiencing right then.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So one thing that happened when after Nash was born is we learned there there's oftentimes issues with heart, with heart issues uh, with children with Down syndrome. And so they were doing a number of tests and they did find that there were some challenges there. And he actually got admitted into the NICU
1: mm-hmm. on the second day,
0: on the second day. And I remember that actually was a hard thing
1: for you. That was a really hard thing for me. Cause I, cause we had had this baby and we'd had him, you know, with us all that first day and then that first night and, So I was just like elated that he was healthy. And then when they found his little heart murmur and his oxygen levels kind of started to dip and he got a fever and they had to admit him into the NICU, I was super heartbroken because I was really looking forward to taking this baby home from the hospital with us. And when we had to leave him there, it was just really sad. Yeah.
0: That was a tender moment for me. I remember when Nash was admitted into the NICU, it was in the evening. It was late, and I think everybody had gone home. It was well after hours, and Andrea was extremely emotional. And we wanted to go into the NICU and offer a prayer for Nash and and give him a blessing, actually. And so we went in, and um, I remember that being a very choice and tender moment. And that was one of the first times, in fact, that was the first time that I was able to experience and feel just that very, very unique spirit about Nash and that unique, uh, just that unique and very special little being. You'll hear us reference individuals with these Unique abilities as special abilities, and so the world we feel is incorrectly ex- describing them as disabilities or as special needs. And and I feel like that was really my first experience with special ability and experiencing Nash's special ability that evening when we when we said that prayer for him.
1: Yeah, that's good. So now um, we kind of want to move forward. You know, those were our kind of initial emotions, and there's a lot to process. There is um, even when we talk about it, it's hard to describe it. be able to say or talk about those things. But kind of why we wanted to do that is because we wanted to just fast forward to some of the experiences that we've had with Nash over the years that have made us want to talk about the special abilities and like what those special abilities are. And yeah,
0: I think one thing that, um, We watched a ton of movies with our kids when we were were little, all the Disney movies and different things. And there was one movie in particular that I think resonates pretty well, and it's an old movie called Finding Nemo.
1: It was Burnley's favorite movie at the time Nash was born.
0: By far. And we watched that all the time. And so there's a scene in there when uh, Marlon, who has this uh, child, Nemo, and he loses all of his other children due to this tragic accident and losing his spouse and everything else. So he's overprotective. And when Nemo is born, he has this funny fin, like he's got a little gimpy fin. And so Marlon is just like this overprotective parent. And at the time I didn't realize really that this movie was referencing like parenting a child with a special ability. In essence, it wasn't until recently that when we revisited that movie that I realized that, that I've actually been acting like Marlon many, many times <laughs> throughout my life. And I remember clearly those feelings as I had shared that I never wanted anything bad to happen to Nash. And I look back over the the last 14 years and there have been many times that i have held back in allowing nash to do certain things or to experience certain things for fear of him getting hurt or be, getting made fun of and i've realized most recently that that has held him back and that has not allowed him to realize that full measure of his potential and ultimately utilize that light that he's been entrusted with and so that was a large motivation for us with the rise up movement and why we wanted to start this podcast is we had this epiphany this light turn on that hey It's not so much that our child can't do something. It's that we're not allowing them to experience things and do hard things, um, is why they're not experiencing this or doing these hard things.
1: Yeah, that's true. And, and that is one thing that, um, that is hard to overcome as a parent. Right. And we keep seeing ourselves, even as we've been aware of that more the last couple of years, like we keep falling back into that trap, right. Of like saying, Oh, it would just be easier for him if, and then we say, you know what, wait a minute, like he's fully capable of being able to do hard things and he's fully capable of growing and learning. And so why are we trying to stop that or hold that back? Right? Like even if it is a little out of our comfort zones, like we're trying to push each other to be able to do that, to help Nash to really develop the abilities that he does have.
0: Yeah, no question. This one's kind of funny, but Nash is 14 and Imagine any other 14 year old boy and all those changes that are happening and the hormones that they're experiencing and and oftentimes those boys are pretty girl crazy and Nash is no different like he is no different that way he absolutely thinks that girls are awesome. And he's got one girl in particular in his class that he thinks is so cute. And he tells us all the time, I want to marry <laughs> this girl, right? So we'll protect the innocent and not share her name. But he, he really wants to get married. And what's funny is I, as I process that. I just think, oh, that's so unique. And oh, that's great. And as I think about that, though, I think when the time's right, why not? Like, why can't Nash be married? And that's an example of, you know, maybe some some roadblocks that I've had in my own mind over the years to where I thought, no, Nash will never get married. He has Down syndrome. He's not going to be able to get married. But why not? You know, why not? And so fast forward, I don't know, 30 years from now, <laughs> <laughs> I give him at least 10. Uh, maybe he will find a day where he someday he may get married. And so no reason why he couldn't.
1: Absolutely. And it's been really cool to see in the world of down syndrome, how people are sharing the talents and abilities that their children have and just the unique things that they're doing where they're able to pursue their passions and they're able to just grow like all of us, right? Like we all want to be able to have that, that growth and that change in our lives. And so it's kind of awesome to, to see that, um, as well, Brady, I was thinking, would you like to share the experience of the camp out that we had this last summer about him going into the Wendover's with?
0: I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe we can wrap up with this story. I work with a group of uh, young men in in the ward with some other leaders that are all 13 and 14 year old youth. And we do a lot of different activities and every year we do a big activity. We call it a high adventure. And this last winter, so a year ago now, we were planning what our high adventure was going to be for the summer. And we had this desire to go and help these boys to experience something hard and to do something that is difficult. So I said, I know a great place in the back country of Wyoming to where we could hike in and it would take all day to hike in. It's multiple hours and multiple um, miles to be able to hike. We'd have to bring all of our gear. We would stay up there for most of the week. And this is going to be a difficult challenge. And the leaders were like all about it. And we asked the boys. We had 14 boys. And every single one of them were just all about it. They loved it. And so the date was set. We're going to do it in August. We started preparing for it. Well, Nash is a part of this group. And Andrea had asked me, um, are you going to take Nash on that high adventure? And I thought, well, I don't see why not. What do you think? Maybe you can share what you thought about that.
1: I said, yeah, I don't think that's going to work well. We had tried to do some hikes with Nash. We have done some hikes with Nash. And typically, he's not a hiker. Like, he doesn't love it. He doesn't love being out in the heat. He doesn't love hiking, unless he's holding a bag of chips. (laughs) And (laughs) he... He, you know, gets tired and whines and doesn't want to go back and wants to sit down and wants to just stop. And if there's water, he just wants to stop right there and throw rocks in the water. And usually that's it. So I was really concerned about Brady taking Nash on this hike. Um, one, just because of the physical challenge of it. And two, I was also really worried because I knew Brady would be um, wanting to, you know, feel responsible for these other boys as well. And so I was worried he wouldn't keep a close eye on Nash. And I was terrified about him wandering off and getting lost in the Wind Rivers. Um, you know, you, ha- you hear that happen with kids who don't even have disabilities. and So I was a little, little scared about that and worried about that. And yeah, those were kind of my my big concerns. And then it, as well as well as it being a multiple day trip, I thought, you know, there, for multiple days up in the Wind Rivers, like Nash is going to get bored and he's not going to know what to do and he's gonna want to come home. Well and
0: the whole like using the bathroom and everything else that comes with spending a week in the (laughs) backcountry. That was a unique thing. But as I thought about it, you know, I I had mixed emotions going back and forth. My initial reaction was, yeah, I think he can do it. And then as I started visiting with other people and, and even just visiting with the other leaders and so forth and I started to think, yeah, maybe, maybe it's not a great idea to go and do this. And It got up to the week before the trip, and I just felt very, very strongly as I pondered it uh, in the morning that week before that not only should he do this, but he's going to do this. And the reason why I knew Nash was supposed to do this was because one, I knew he could do it, and two, I felt like it would be a tremendous experience for the other boys if I rallied them, if I got together with them and said, "Guys." Can we bring Nash? And if we do, like, can you boys watch after him? And uh, so I went for it and I let the boys know and I asked them, I said, boys, will you will you take care of Nash? And they just like, like a bunch of just, just like what you would think of 13 and 14 year old boys. I said, absolutely bring him and they all love Nash. So we went for it and it was brutal getting in there. There were tears shed.
1: (laughs) And amazingly enough, not by Nash.
0: (laughs) And And ironically enough, not by Nash. For some of the boys, it was just all that we could do to get them up there. It was physically challenging. And it took a long time to get up there. But some of my most cherished pictures are pictures of these boys putting their arms around Nash or holding his hand, going up the trail and encouraging him. And lo and behold, we made it up there. We had an amazing trip during that week nash caught fish we went hiking he was with the group the entire time the boys took care of him the entire time and we made it out just fine and everything went exceptionally well i do remember when we got up there that nash took his pack off and we were all physically just beat and it was getting dark and he took his pack off and he set it down and he looked at me and he gave big muscles he flexed his muscles and he said i did it i did it And I know that that was a triumphant time for Nash and and really has been a pivotal moment for Nash, um, relating back to that now, even a year later. So great experience. It was
1: awesome to see when he got home, how excited he was and how much that had built his confidence. It was really, really amazing. I was so thankful that he was able to go and do that with Brady and the boys and, um, it was cool to see how, how proud he was of himself for being there and doing that. And he just, he, you know, he's always felt like part of that group, but I think that really solidified that for him where he just knows that he can, he can do whatever those other boys do is because they'll help him and they'll be there with him. And he loved that.
0: Yep. No question. Fantastic. Well, let's wrap up with that. We appreciate you listening. We encourage you to uh, like, and subscribe to the podcast, share it with any friends or family, those who you think would benefit from hearing our podcast we plan on publishing episodes every single tuesday you can also follow us on instagram at rise up heroes um, and this as i shared and as we've shared this is a movement to be able to shine bright the light that exists within these individuals with special well, with special abilities and so until next time
1: all right thank you see you later I said let me tell you right now that's something to be proud of